Hey, what's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson, and you are watching or listening to, as the case may be, Christianity Now. Christianity Now is a podcast where we look at contemporary things that are facing the Lord's Church or the Lord's Church is facing, however you want to conceptualize that, and we look at those things through the lens of the timelessness of God's Word. So uh, we have a verse that we typically read every week. Aaron, do you have that at the ready? Yes, sir. I'm trying to apply that verse by being ready with it. <laughs> hey, there you go. First Chronicles 12:32. Of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, their chiefs were 200, and all their brethren were at their command. Absolutely. We have to have understanding of the times. And as long as TikTok is out there, and TikTok's algorithm rewards what it rewards. All you have to do is look on TikTok if you've got a strong enough conscience to stomach it, and you'll have understanding of the times, and you'll know what the church is facing. There are things that I see on TikTok that I cannot share publicly on this platform because they are just absolutely filthy. The language in it is filthy and stuff like that. Now I'm of a I'm of a mindset that more Christians need to be exposed to this, whether it's got the bad language or the immodest dress or anything like that in it, because we need to see what's going on in the world. I think sometimes Christians cocoon themselves off and they don't know, like especially older Christians don't know what younger Christians are facing because, oh, we can't listen to this. They said a cuss word. Look. That's the way people talk in the world. That's what you're going to be dealing with. And if you want to know the way Satan works in the world, you've got to witness the phenomenon of Satan acting. And even God, who has pure eyes, and from Haggai's perspective, could not look upon evil, look, look at all the times he had to look upon evil in order to be able to know how to deal with it, or know God knew how to deal with it. But do you understand what I mean? So maybe maybe we kind of toughen up Buttercup and quit clutching our pearls and signaling our virtue and actually get in there, roll our sleeves up and uh, dive in and, and be exposed to some of this stuff to know how we ought to handle it. Anyway, that's just maybe, my little rant. Maybe what we're doing too will help people that won't that don't want to go, but so far with certain yeah. things that they see or hear or whatever. And we can understand that with conscience and everything, but I understand what you're saying too. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind you of know. like, I remember whenever, um, BJ Clark preached at the Memphis school of preachings lectureships about abortion. And he told the story of a man and a woman who, uh, their, their child, was born and they killed their child. And the, the point he made is if, if they would have just done this one, you know, where they were had late term abortions. And if they would have just done it like a month earlier and, and, and would have hired through their insurance company or, or even, you know, whatever, a professional to kill their child, nobody would have said anything. And in fact, in many circles, they would have been lauded. And then he talked about some of the types of abortions, um, the, the, mm -hmm. the saline bath and stuff like that. I think the term is candy apple babies, where these aborted fetuses, these murdered babies, 
are bright red because they've been burned in this salt solution. And he talked about not showing pictures of that because they were so unsightly and disturbing. And I agreed at the time. I don't think I do anymore because I don't think Christians understand what's going on. This is absolutely worse than any atrocity that's ever happened in the world. At least, at least in the days of old, whenever infanticide was taking place, you know, no, no society outside of Christian society, Judeo-Christian society, has ever protected the weakest of the societies, old people, children. So these, these pagan societies, they at least they knew that they were hard. They knew that they were calloused. They, they, they knew that this wasn't a, a quote-unquote good thing, but yeah. it, they, they considered it part of what they're supposed to do. And they, they, you know, granted, they were sacrificing these children to gods and stuff like that. But, you know, I think about Sparta and, you know, if you had a misshapen baby or something like that, they just take you out and lay you in the wilderness. I believe the uh, Viking uh, culture would do the same thing. Uh, many cultures in the past have done that. It's a very progressive idea on the world stage to take care of the helpless. And um, I, I think Christians have cocooned themselves um, and, and separated themselves for so long that whenever we hear abortion and stuff like that talked about, that we relegate it to, well, that's just a political issue. And uh, we need Medi to medical on. care, medical yeah, care. Yeah, medical you know. care. It's like, but yeah. that's, uh, and some of this, I think the word that uh, maybe we used last week comes into play here, the, the uh, cognitive bias of normalcy bias. Yeah. You know, I think that comes into play here too, where we're that's just it. in some kind of disbelief or to minimize uh, yeah. the reality of these threats and these problems, you know. That's it. That's it. So that, that's why you have a show like today. And then we're not going to show you any gruesome pictures. This is just people talking, but I'm of the conviction that we need to show the things for what they are. Like when you walk around shining the light of Jesus on, on the world of sin and death, you're going to see some mighty bad things. And that's just part of it. And I think Christians have stopped shining the light of Jesus on the world. They don't, they're walking around with blinkers on. They don't want to, they don't want to see we're focused on the prize. But we're walking like this to the exclusion of not being able to see everything around us. And uh, that's, we're not supposed to walk with blinkers on. We're supposed to walk circumspectly yeah, with our heads on a swivel. Yeah. Anyway. Well, by doing that, we're, we're not shining the light as far as it can go. And we're not providing the light or we're not, we're not using the light to expose the darkness so that more people in the darkness can come to the light. I think of John three, the last part of John chapter three, yeah, about how the darkness hates the light and that kind of thing. The light needs to expose the darkness, but when we put blinders on and we don't want to talk about certain subjects because they're dirty or ugly or terrible or atrocious. And I get it. They are. I don't want to see pictures of babies that have been murdered. I don't want to see that. I don't like that, but I do want people to know what's happening you know, yeah, and what people are supporting uh, 
when they when they when they trivialize this, when we relegate yes. this. And I, I know a while back, <clears throat> you may bring some of this in later. You may not. It's fine. But I remember a little while back, one of your podcasts you did on uh, some of these modern arguments. You know, A B C D. I remember remember. Uh, I don't remember exactly the words, but Johnny A, yeah. Johnny B, or whatever they were, these different arguments that are used that are highly emotional, and, oh, and yeah. they are, and they're not, and they're not, um, they're not, they're not correct either in their, in no. their, you know, <clears throat> it's like basically well, that, trying to justify yeah. wrong uh, with wrong. Well, so, so the liberal left, they use, I, I, I've crafted this as an amalgam of all the emotional arguments for abortion. So you've got a 12-year-old girl with stage four breast cancer who was violently raped by her biological father. So she's carrying this, this 12 year old carrying this incestual rape baby and to give her chemo to save her life, uh, for her, from her cancer, the baby's going to die. So if you are against abortion, you're wanting to kill that 12 year old girl. You're wanting to make her carry that baby. <laughs> you're, you're wanting to make her carry that baby to term and die. And I'm like, Oh man. Um, no, that's that. First off, let's you, congratulations for crafting the uh, worst scenario that anybody could come up with. But you know, we we have to think about these things rightly. And yeah. you know, well, there's there's an easy way to deal with that. Number one, there's a there's well, there's two ways. Number one, you say, okay, so let's let's make a concession for rape and incest. If we allow, on the political stage, if we allow abortion for rape and incest, will you stand with me against all other abortion? Well, no. no okay, so we're not concerned with, okay, let, now, now let's get back where we, we don't, we, we want abortion free access yeah. for women. Yeah, let's get back that, to the heart the of the idea. matter. Yeah. Yeah, and, now, and I like Deborah. Part of the matter. And I like Deborah O'Neill's comment. We've been conditioned to be like the world, to go along, to be nice to everyone. I mentioned a sermon the other night. I just know of no command that we're to be nice, but we have None. bought this pill that we got to be nice, nice, nice is important. Uh, she we said we've been be conditioned, to, right? We've been we've been conditioned to sit down and shut up. Don't rock the boat. We better get out of that mindset. And I think that's it. We have been so conditioned as a whole, as a society of people, including the Lord's church, that when when straightforward talk, straightforward preaching is done, people reject the yeah. truth. They want you to preach what they think is the truth, not what is actually the truth, Yeah, including the matter of abortion. Yeah, well, David Strambersky, uh, Strambersky says the Vietnam War was realized with all the horror when it was televised back to the states. You know, I mean, that, that in, in my opinion, from what I understand of history, that was a senseless war we were in, and it really divided the nation, mm -hmm. uh, the Warhawks and the Peace Doves, and the reason it did that and the reason it was scrutinized to the point that it was is because the imagery of it was on our nightly news channel. Uh, Educa well, education people were exposed yes. to what was actually going on yes yeah yes. same is and, true and of abortion yeah that, that's that's why i think you know we need we need more there we need more we need more you know uh, there, there's a there's a chilling story about a a doctor who used to perform abortions and he 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 doesn't show pictures he just breaks it down step by step in this cold medical esoteric language 
<laughs> and he says, now, congratulations, you just performed a late-term abortion. And like he's, not, he's, he's testifying before Congress. He's not a proponent. He stopped. But yeah. describing it in as devoid of emotion as possible in sterilized language, in as sterile a language as possible, it's still chilling to anybody that listened to it. Mm-hmm. I think people would be surprised. Absolutely. What, 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 what happens and how, how babies are aborted. Like I said, just go look up, I believe it's candy apple babies, mm-hmm. and just look at the pictures. Yeah. And this is what, and I, I know, well, Tony, you always go back to politics. That's because it's stinking important. Yeah. One political group promises you that we're going to do this more and more and more. And one political group says, we want to give the individual as much rights as possible to associate with people who do not do this. I don't think that one side goes far enough, but that's the side I want in power. Mm-hmm. Because that's the few that means fewer babies will die. All right. Yeah. 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 I just think this but, normalcy bias is causing us to underestimate reality. And that's why it needs yes. to be talked about. We're just not in reality in some respects with these different things, these atrocities that are going on. And the yep. thing of it is, it seems more and more people of the Lord's church are accepting these emotional arguments uh, by, you know, pro-abortionists i mean they're uh, more and more people they give these scenarios you know the 18 year old girl and she got raped by her dad on and on and on you know it's like but right is right and wrong is wrong we got to break this down and show people what they're doing and murdering these children yeah oh i I remember this was back in early 2000s i said from a bible teaching pulpit uh this this foolish argument about women having power over their own body and abortion I said, first off, let's take for instance, this, this just concede for a moment that the baby is part of the woman's body. She doesn't have that much right over her own body. And I made some women mad <laughs> that I would, as a man, even claim to say that. Like, no, you don't have enough. You don't have that right over your own body. If you have to kill it, it's alive. It's, 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 it's a baby. That's yeah. the language that's used. I, I'm going to get on a soapbox. I got it. We got to get into yeah. these videos, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, go ahead, I think I, I think it won't be long. Um, one of the videos that I, we were going to watch today um, may say for next time, but it's actually John MacArthur from out in California talking about women pastors, and he talks about the social and cultural Marxism of the New Age and. I thought to myself, you know, probably it won't be very long before uh, women preachers and Bible class teachers will be fairly common in the Lord's church. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we already have in Hardy, Arkansas, the the congregation associated with the Harding Church of Christ, where Monty Cox is head of the Bible department. He's one of the elders at the but uh, the downtown Church of Christ, look that up. Um, they have reevaluated what Scripture teaches, and they are giving women more of a role now. That it's creeping into it's been in, it's been coming out of David Lipscomb forever. Um, yeah. With Paul Mead, Paul Mead, uh, the congregation he preached at, they had this girl 
intern. And, and, and anyway, the, my point is, it's social justice. Yeah. And it's Marxist thinking and left wing thinking. And many of my brethren are bought into it so much that that's that's the next mark my word. Yeah. Just like back in twenty thirteen when I said pink is for girls and blue is for boys, and if I was trying to erase the gender dichotomy, I would blur the lines between what they wear first. Yeah, boy, I got in a lot of trouble for that. People mm-hmm. got mad when I'd say pink is for girls and blue is for boys. They'd mm. say, they, yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever, you know. And, and, and well, Tony, you're just a conspiracy theorist. You're just a whack job. You, you're taking that too far. And I'm like, no, I'm not. How, how am I taking it too far? Go to the mall. Victoria's Secret's pink. It's for girls. Go to Bash Pro Shop. The women's section has pink camouflage. The men's section don't. Yeah. You know, anyway, my, my point is this, it's progressing. Yes. And if you think it's not progressing in the church, you're a fool. You're, you are, you're blinded to this. And that's why we want to talk about these kind of things. Cause I mean, you, yeah. we've got to wake up. If we don't push back, I say push back. If we don't push back, if we don't teach with the truth, people, it's just, it's going to continue and it's, it's going to continue further further and further it's not going to stop the only thing that can remedy it is the truth and adherence to the truth period yeah i'm with you all right are you ready to get in these videos yeah man go ahead i, I you you bringing all that stuff up made me think of some different things the new living trend on it right Oops. now but these these um more and more of these um these places that used to be sound in the faith you know are accepting uh these false teachers you mentioned different ones like lipscomb and stuff and you know now and i'm not trying to like i dislike them i have no personal connection at all to them sure but more and more now like harding they've got these guys from lipscomb and other places speaking uh, i saw something back around november uh about one of these guys that has has, has been known to be out there teaching these crazy yeah. ideas and now he's speaking it at, at they want him completely embraced at Harding. And there's still a lot of brethren that I say a lot of brethren. It seems there are still brethren who wholesale support Harding. I think though no, a lot they of do. brethren they're, I think they, a lot of brethren are, I'd like to think some are starting to wake up. I'd like to And it, and it's so. because you're a bad guy for talking bad about Harding. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I I went to Harding. It was great. Was it though? Was it really? Mm-hmm. Really? I, I've I've been keeping track of this for about the last ten years. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think it was great. Yeah. And, and, and look, I'm, I give credit where credit's due. Freed Hardeman was going down a bad road mm-hmm. and they turned themselves around. Yep. I, I'm, I'm, when I'm, t- when I say, I'm talking about like 1995, 1996, like in, in the, in the early and mid nineties, it was pretty rough. You know? I don't know. I don't know why I can't save this document to my device, but because it's a picture I sent someone, and I can't find it otherwise. But anyhow, uh, in one of these so-called brotherhood papers, what is the one that covers everybody? Christian something other. The 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 the, the guy yeah. that talked bad did, about. Uh, no, the it's like a literal newspaper that goes around, supposedly published uh, by the Church of Christ. Okay. And, I don't yeah, know what that I is. I can't remember I, the I, name I, of it. I just names on tip uh, of my cri- maybe. Maybe Christian Chronicle or something like Maybe. that. Maybe. That sounds and, right. And uh, the, the heading says, this is one of us coming back home, the new president says. And uh, <clears throat> the uh, 
The Harding's Mike Williams focuses on bridge building at the Christian University, and it's where for 31 years, Mike Cope, who's a known false teacher, uh, mm-hmm. I had not been invited to speak at his alma mater for all these years, but this new president, we got to have him back. And this guy, I mean, Mike Cope, he's so far out there. Uh, and But yet we've got to have him back and we're going to have him back. And sadly, I've heard a few uh, brethren uh, mourn this. They're very saddened to see this happening. They know yeah. what's coming. The writing's on the wall. But anyhow. Well, the, it's already come, though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Monty Cox, I, I spent, and listen, I, it's not secondhand information, Aaron. Yeah. I spent 30 minutes or so on the phone with him, maybe 45. All I wanted to do was ask him a few questions and ask him about whether or not the Church of Christ is a, is a denomination. Yeah. He, he, we, he said no, he, he, or he wouldn't say no. Yeah. He yeah. said, well, we act a lot like a denomination. I'm like, okay, so I, I, I'm going to interpret that in the best possible light. Yes, you're right. I agree with that. Okay. But is it? Yeah. Never, ever would he tell me no. He also told me that I was a false teacher giving false hope, preaching an empty and impotent gospel if I told people that the Holy Spirit did not actively work. <laughs> oh, man. And that he promised me if I sent my children to Harding. In his Bible classes, he would teach them how to cooperate with the Holy Ghost that lives inside of them. Yeah. And that's where a lot of this error stems from, it seems. All this stuff about the Holy Spirit, they just take, you know, John 14 through 16, and all this applies to us today and stuff. Stuff that Jesus said to the apostles, and oh my. Yeah. And, and, And when I say that, people, they get mad at me, like I'm the bad guy. Right. Like, no, that's Romans 16, 17. Yeah. Like, hey, that guy there, <clears throat> avoid him. Well, that makes me think of like Elijah with Ahab, you know, where Ahab. <laughs> Are you the one s- troubling s- Israel? Yeah. He says, you know, oh, who, you know, oh, he that troubles Israel. And, and, and the prophet says, no, it's you. You're, you're the, you're the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're the one that's the troubler. Yeah. Like, Your wh- son why is troubling it. Yeah. I remember uh, there was one, I'm not going to mention his name because it was just, I don't want the trouble, yeah. but I, w- I met him at PTP. He knew about my stuff. I told him I enjoyed his sermon that he preached, you know, whatever. And he figured out I was in Arkansas and he talked about sending his grandchildren to Harding. And I said, well, I said, that, that's, that's good. I suppose. I said, but you know, what do you think about? Monty Cox and 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 ha- and he just he got mad at me, like I was some kind of bad person who was gossiping. He didn't want to give me any more time at all. And I'm like, you're sending your grandchildren there, yeah. And he's told me that he promised that he would teach your grandchildren along with my children how to cooperate with the Holy Ghost that lives inside of them. And if I taught that the only way that you can, um, uh, if you're tempted to sin, the only thing that you can do is go to Scripture and not rely on the power of the Holy Ghost, I'm a heretic teaching an impotent gospel that doesn't have any hope nor help in times of need. Oh, my. And I'm the bad guy. Right. 
I'm a, I'm on their website right now. Uh, I could be overlooking something, but this is downtown church and it had his name on there. It's the first time I've ever been to this website in my whole life, by the way. Uh, so I'll admit there's some ignorance here, I'm sure. But I don't see any of all the links. I don't see anything up front that states something like, you know, our beliefs. Yeah, no. I, so I, the, they don't do that. That's the thing. I don't see anything. I'm even looking under the ministries. I don't see. I And the, I, I covered this in a podcast back whenever it happened. I was at Bay at the time. And uh, I was just like, good grief. And it was covered in a newsletter. I can't remember where. I, again, I it's, it's probably shouldn't yeah. have brought it up to talk about it if I didn't have yeah. a, if, I didn't, if I didn't have receipts. But again, I, I don't care. My conscience is clean because I did the due diligence. Yeah, you got me. That that mm-hmm. that's the thing. So just because I can't offer you, like my suggestion, go ask them. Yeah, call them up. Be like, hey, yeah. do you believe it's a sin for a woman to lead a prayer? Do you believe it's a sin for a woman to teach a Bible class in mixed assembly? Hmm. Yep. Oh, well. And we know what some of them will do. Uh, one well-known right here in Jonesboro, you know, at the Southwest denomination, the guy there, you know, that just retired recently, he, his deal is he won't talk to you. I mean, he did that. Yeah. He won't talk to you. No. I already know all your arguments, Tony. I don't want to talk to you. And that's, you know, that's, that's his response. Yes. Yeah. Well, my, my suggestion is if they come back with that, say, listen, I don't want to argue with you. I yeah. just want to know what you believe so I can know. And I can make a decision of whether or not I'm in fellowship with you. Right. You have okay. a right to do that. I mean, you know, we have, I'm not saying the Bible is, is influenced by the constitution. The constitution is influenced by the Bible. Yeah. The reason we have freedom of association is because that right is given to us by God almighty. And we can ascertain that human beings have that right because of what we read in scripture. Mm-hmm. It's freedom of association. You can you're free to associate with ever, with ever, with whom you want to associate. Yeah, there's just consequences for that association. And uh, anyway, but again, godly people, when we speak up and speak out, um, we're going to be called the troubler. I just found that verse, First Kings eighteen seventeen and eighteen. When Ahab saw Elijah, so that's when the bad guy saw the good guy, yep. he, he said, is that you, O troubler of Israel? So that's how he perceived a person that taught the truth and sacrificed his life to live for God and teach the truth. Well, look, the of troubler. course it is. Of course it is. But his response was, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your fathers have. And he told him how, by forsaking the commandments of the Lord, you followed the bales and all that kind of stuff. That's it. So hey, I that's wanna... straightforward preaching. We I want to it. acknowledge something going on in the comment section. I hope that I'm I'm understanding this correctly. Um, we have a fellow that has tagged some of his friends in the comment section. Look, that is great. And that brings me, I want you all to be the algorithm for us. You know, we're not we're not like Joe Rogan. We're not Joe Rogan. <laughs> I can't think of another <laughs> podcast. Anyway, yeah. we're not we're not big heads. Ben Shapiro. <laughs> we're not Ben Shapiro. We're not the young Turks. We're not, you know. Yeah. So be the <laughs> algorithm for us. Tag your buddies like you've done now or share the podcast. Um be sure if you're fi- if you're watching this on the 2 by 2 podcast channel, the Cogitations channel or the um or the um 
Oh, come on. Where are we at? Digital Bible study. Yeah, digital, yeah, Facebook yeah. page. Um, share the, share the link to your social media. And, uh, yeah. And I, I appreciate that. And it looks like, uh, Joshua Donnelly and Jonathan, we're going to say Jonathan, cause I don't know how to pronounce that Sh- last name. Chevalier, maybe. Chevalier or maybe. is it Cavalier? I don't know, but either way, in my opinion, it sounds cool. <laughs> it do. I mean, yeah, I, you are correct. Hey, anyway. like on like on Podbean, Matt Walsh has one hundred thirty thousand followers. Wouldn't that be super cool if we had one hundred thirty thousand? Oh, followers? I've got I've got almost one hundred thirty seven thousand followers on my Podbean channel. I tell you, man. I mean, I've got like one hundred thirty seven. <laughs> yeah, it's almost one hundred thirty seven thousand. It's just one word difference. On on your on my side, from what I see on cogitations, it shows you have two hundred ninety six. Man, you're higher than you thought. I sure am. Two hundred ninety six followers on there. But anyway, <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, I ain't gonna lie to you. I've been very impressed with my little podcast channel. Um, couple thousand. Shavalia, 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 Shavalia. I I would imagine if you have a French accent, you could pronounce that better, or I could pronounce that better. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, Aaron. We got to get into these. Yeah, videos. yeah. Let's do the videos. I want to see right. what we got here and talk so, about. So the first one, um, it, the first ones is is not something that I hear people talk about a lot. Um, I think most people, I think most Christians who are not on the fringe of Christianity, I think people know when you're not on the fringe, and they know when you're a serious Bible student. And they know better than to use arguments like this. But I still wanted to showcase this here today in case some of you hear it. And I don't want you to get blindsided by it. All right. You ready? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So apparently anti-choice Christians don't know that in the Bible, God quite literally instructs abortion. So- All right. Numbers 5, 11 through 21. Numbers 5, 11 through 21 is what, what she's referring to. And uh, that's all I'm going to say. Let's go. So let's turn to the good book, shall we? I have two. So in Numbers chapter 5, God instructs that if a man suspects that his wife has been unfaithful, he is to take his wife to a priest. The priest is to bring his wife before God and give her a bitter water. It even tells you how they made the water. Now keep in mind that all of this is performed right in front of God and instructed by him. You can. So I'm. We're not going to read this whole text for time's sake, but I did want to read this one verse. Um, well, these three verses, 11 through 13. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, If any man's wife go aside and commit a trespass against him, and a man lie with her carnally, and it be hid from the eyes of her husband, and he be kept and and be kept close, and she be defiled, and there be no witnesses against her, neither she be taken with the manner. With the manner. I had to look that up like what do you mean taken with the manner? That sounds like a euphemism for pregnancy. No. I looked it it means she's not caught in the act. In other words, we're not talking about a John chapter eight issue where the woman was caught in the act of adultery. Yeah. Incidentally, that was a that was a weird issue because 
where's the man? Anyway, yeah. that's different podcast. Yeah. So this is when there's the, the man suspects, but he has no proof. Yeah. What do you do now? In, in my, my take on this, this is more for the woman than it is for the man. Because if the man suspects and he has no proof, he's still going to suspect. And that's going to cloud and, and, and color the way he treats his wife. Mm-hmm. Resentment will build up. It's, it's a very difficult situation to be in. And the wife has no way to exonerate herself if, if she's done, if, if she's, if she's innocent, but yet circumstances beyond her control make it look like she's guilty. So she, this is for her to be exonerated. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I almost dug in and went. You got anything to say before we no. start back? No, go ahead. Okay. And pause to read, but down here, may this water that brings a curse enter your body so that your abdomen swells and your womb miscarries. If she's made herself impure and been unfaithful to her husband, this will be the result. When she is made to drink the water that brings a curse and causes a bitter suffering, it will enter her, her abdomen will swell and her womb will miscarry, and she will become a curse. If, however, the woman has not made herself impure but is clean, she will be cleared of guilt and will be able to have children. That is a forced abortion. Don't you? Notice the word miscarry. And she said she had two Bibles, by the way. She only read one. To dare tell me I'm taking that out of context. Numbers 5 has become the go-to passage to try to show that the Bible is actually pro-abortion, but it doesn't work for two reasons. First, while I appreciate her quoting from the Bible to make her... This dude, I feel like he's like one or two Bible studies away from being a Christian. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. I love his gentle and meek way. Well, he said, yeah. I yeah. really appreciate her going to scripture. <laughs> but God bless him, you know. I know. I need to be more like this dude. I know. I'm glad yeah. I agree. Cause like that's not my like you stupid woman. Anyway. Now, how do you not see this? It's crystal yeah. clear. How can you be so dumb? He's like, I'm glad you went to scripture. You know, we agree that scripture is the place to go. And that's like, that's it. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's true. Pro- probably the way I should have acted, mister. Yeah. Anyway, we, we're a work in progress. You ready, Aaron? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Go ahead. Case, there's actually a disagreement among Bible translators over how this text should be translated. Notice she has two Bibles, but she only read from one, the New International Version. I think I know why. Because that's the only one that uses the word miscarry. You see, the majority of Bibles do not translate those verses that way. Virtually every other Bible translation, including the New Living Translation that she held up in the video, make no mention of a miscarriage. That's because most Bible translators think the thigh falling away or the womb shriveling is a more accurate rendering of the original Hebrew. They also think that expression is describing barrenness, not miscarriage. That's why if she's innocent, The text says she should be able to have children. By contrast, if she's guilty, she won't be able to have children. In my estimation, this is as if God is saying, look, woman, I will exonerate you. You drink this, and and if if, if this doesn't happen, he'll know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you didn't cheat on him. Yeah. But if you're playing games and you did cheat on him, you will have forfeited your value in this culture as a woman. 
and, and go back a few thousand years ago. I'm not saying that women's only value is wrapped up in childbearing, but I'm saying in that culture, in that time, your value is in your, look at the virtuous woman. The virtuous woman has children. That's a yeah. virtue. You will be robbed forever on this earth of the ability to provide a man a child. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. So the drink this and he will know. So if she drinks it and she is guilty, she won't be able to bear children. Is that, I, that's, yeah. that, that's the way I interpret this passage of scripture. <clears throat> yeah. I'm open to correction. Yeah. But not very wide. Cause I think it's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Otherwise, you have to insert the idea into there that she's pregnant. Yes. And that this, it, and that this means a miscarriage. But that's well, not, that's really not the context. The context no. is whether or not she's been faithful. Yes. I, and, and that's, I don't know. I guess they would just argue, though, but if she's been unfaithful, she would be pregnant by somebody else or something. I guess that's but, but, what they but, would but argue. But that's the thing, not necessarily. No, they wouldn't. Like, I don't, I don't, that's if, not, I'm a, if I'm a man and I suspect my, like, he doesn't say, if a man, um, if a man suspects his wife of of adultery because she's pregnant, yeah. it just says it, it, it's it's it's. I, I can't read that into the text. I can't find it in there. Again, yeah. it could be wrong. It could be just a foregone conclusion. Hey, my wife is pregnant, but I'm impotent. So yeah. something's going on. Either we got a miracle, baby, or my wife's been like, how can I get this straight in my head? And now I'm treating my wife badly because I resent her because I can't keep these images out of my mind. Well, let's go to the priest. Honey, did you cheat on me? No, I did not. All right, drink the draw. Okay, well, everything's good. But, that, but I, I don't think that happens. I, I, don't, I don't read that here. I think it's just if I suspect her of cheating. Yeah. Anyway. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So this passage in all likelihood has to do with a curse of barrenness, not miscarriage. Second, even if the NIV translation is correct and God is inducing a miscarriage, this still wouldn't justify abortion. Here's why. I love <laughs> this argument he's about to make. I cannot believe I did not think of it first. This woman isn't exercising her right to choose. Instead, God is exercising his right to judge. This yeah, Aaron, when I heard that, yep. I, I, I didn't I'm need writing that down. Yeah, I know. I didn't need the rest of his explanation. My mind just went, well, mm. duh. Yep. Yep. This it, is about it, God's right to exercise judgment. Yes. E even if you drink this and the and and, and the if the text would say and the woman drakes the draw, and if she's guilty of sin, the baby inside her dies. <laughs> okay, what are you going to do with that? It's God. It means God has the right to take life. Yes, and I knew exactly where he was going with this because if she's not guilty, the baby, if, if this means actual miscarry, if she's not guilty, the baby lives. If she's guilty, the baby dies. That means it's not in the drink. It's God doing the miscarrying. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that, it wouldn't make sense that if she's not guilty, the baby lives. Because if she's not guilty, she wouldn't be pregnant. I, 
No, no, no. She, she could be pregnant. Okay. If she's not guilty. I mean, she's, she's married to her husband. You know, they're having sex. Right. So that, that's the thing. It's like, true. If, right. Thank you. But yes, exactly. Yeah. She's married yeah, to this mine. man. Exactly. If, it's his. Yeah. Yeah. If, if the baby yeah. lives, it's the husband's. Right. If exactly. the baby, yeah. if, if it's a miscarriage and I don't, I'm, it's not, right. it's not, but if the text miscarriage is right <clears throat> and if she drinks the draught, the baby would die if God wasn't involved. It's not an abortion. Right. It's God doing what God does and what God has a right to do. All right, let's, let's keep going. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, keep going. This bitter water given by the priest isn't causing a miscarriage. These aren't God's instructions for abortion. After all, if she's innocent, the water does nothing. Rather, it's God who is taking that life. Look, God's the creator and sustainer of all life and has the right to take life at any time he wants. But just because God can take life doesn't mean we can. So, even if the NIV is right, it's still a judgment from God, not an abortion from Yeah. I mean, that, stuff. I, yeah. I really like the way he explained that. Yes, I do too. That's good. Uh, again, and he did it, like I said, from both sides. Yes. The text doesn't support the fact that this is a miscarriage. Yeah. But if it did, that still doesn't mean you can be pro-choice. Right. Still not a right for a person to abort their child. That's it. Yep. You're talking about someone being suspected of unfaithfulness, and if they are, God's judgment falls upon them. Not, I don't want my baby because I don't have money or time or I'm stressed or rape or whatever. You know, I, it's not even on the radar here. Lamimi, that is a very good question. Can we line this up to David and Bathsheba's sin and the baby's death? I, I don't think so, and let me tell you why. Um, I, I, I talk about the chastisement of the Lord a lot, and I've really thought about what the chastisement of the Lord means in relation to, in relation to uh, David and Bathsheba's child that died as a baby. Think about you're a woman. You are not very powerful. Your husband has been murdered, and more than likely you know it. The king has committed a great sin with you. You are pregnant with his child. There's no way to deny what's happened. The anxiety and stress and fear for your own life would affect that child. Sure. And that child is going to be born in a suboptimal way. With all that cortisol that's been rushing through its system, feeling the stress and strain of the mother, of course that baby was sickly. That was the chastisement of the Lord. Now, that spin to the system, that's not God sitting up in a cloud saying, well, David sinned, Bathsheba sinned, I'm going to kill their baby. That's, I have set up a system where a faithful man and woman to one another comes together in an act of love and produces an offspring. And if they do things the way they're supposed to do, it's less stress, it's it's better for the baby, it's easier, and nobody's worried about anything, so the baby is strong. Where in David and Bathsheba's situation, so much stress, so much turmoil, the baby would have been born, 
immunocompromised, weak, stuff like that. So that's, that's the chastisement of the Lord. It's built into the system. I think that's what the deal with David and Bathsheba's baby was. Sounds good. Yes, no way of knowing for sure, I guess. But well, I, I sounds, think I mean I think we I think we can like there are things we can know for sure in the negative, and that's yeah, God like didn't God, kill their baby. Yeah, like we know this wouldn't happen. Yeah, like God, God, God's not going to kill a baby. It, it like it, it just didn't. Well, in the case there, of Bathsheba. And yeah. the baby, that baby didn't die in the womb, did it? It died it's no. out, out of the womb. So it is yeah, yeah, different it there. Isn't that? Yeah. Yeah. Than the number so, five deal. You know. Yeah. God hates the shedding of innocent blood. And there's nothing in scripture. I guess we, we read too much into scripture if we if we <clears throat> read more than it's the chastisement of the Lord. This was this baby was born under the most inopportune circumstances, under the most stress, the most anxiety. And we know how babies are in modernity that are born this way. They have a less of a chance of survival and being healthy than babies yeah. that are born in optimal conditions. Now think about a few thousand years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And even right. more. Yeah. Yeah. So 3, the numbers five thing. Yeah. Aaron, what do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's just a go-to that people just, just ignorance and 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 just arrogance too. People just people that don't even truly subscribe to what the Bible teaches, uh, you know, as a whole, and they're just, oh yeah, God, God, you know, had them to perform abortions, and that's that's not what it's talking about at all. Um, no. It's a it's a total misuse of it. It really is. I, I'd like to hear her further comments on, you know, don't tell me this is not the context. You know, I'd like to well, see her response yeah. to a rebuttal. Well, yeah. Well, it's not and, and it's I, not on the it's not on demand abortion because you want it's God, you know, bringing a judgment upon them. Right. I, and and quite frankly, th this is where Christians need to do a little bit better. When when somebody uses the Bible for an argument. Don't just, well, you took, you just took that out of context. If you put that in its context, you'll know the truth of it. That's rude and condescending. It's better to say, oh, that's a very interesting interpretation. My interpretation of that is different. I drew a different conclusion. Let's go look at this and see about it together. Yeah, and let's let's learn walk together. through this context together. And show yeah. show me how you drew drew that from the actual words in that because I might be missing something here. What is it that you know? Because the way I'm reading this is this is a div a divine judgment. This is someone's being accused of being unfaithful, and this is uh, God's way of helping them to determine whether or not this has actually happened. And you know what in the passage would indicate that this is when you don't want a baby or can't afford a baby or anything like right. that, you know, along those lines. Which, oh man, every argument, you know, we're going to see the next clip is, 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 it has Michael Knowles in it. Listen to Michael Knowles enough that, um, I've listened to him and Andrew Clavin. Both of them used to be pro-abortion and both of them talk about how they changed their mind when they realized that all of the arguments to abort babies in the womb 
can be made to um, kill poor people, <laughs> to, 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 to kill people who are mentally handicapped, to kill old people. And again, Canada has a MAID program, Medical Assistance in Dying. Yeah. You go to the doctor, it costs too much to treat you, so they just kill you. In fact, they try to talk you into it. And some of my brethren just don't believe that. That's not true. That can't be the case. No, it, it's the case. It's the yeah. case. It's, it's, it's so much the case that it's in the, in, in, the, in the culture now that commercials on television are talking about it and extolling the virtues of choosing your death. Yep. And we talked about that in some videos, you know, yes. not too long ago. Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't too long ago at all. Uh, La Meme, Mimi, Mimi, or Meme, La Meme. I'm so sorry. I'm terrible with names. All right. There's some who holds the concept of being chastised by God when they sin. The lost thinks of God in this light and are afraid. Hence, the reason most are afraid to turn to God. They don't see His compassionate nature. Absolutely. And and here's the thing. Th- this goes back to God's social contract. It's Genesis chapter four. <laughs> If you do well, will it not be accepted of you? If you do not well, then sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. David and Bathsheba did not well. Therefore, sin, they let sin in, and they entered into a copulative relationship with sin, the progeny of which was chaos and death. In this case, the death of Uriah the Hittite, the death of their baby, and it was bad all around. And, and God yeah. didn't set up on a cloud and do that. It's the chastisement of the Lord built into the rules, the universal rules of the cosmos. I understand that's a little redundant. That's like saying the universal rules of the universe. Anyway. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there are consequences. And that's the way God designed it. That's the that's like the system He created, the yeah. created order. If you do well, you know you will you will be accepted. If you don't do well, sin lies at the door. <clears throat> that's it. I mean, if you go around and have a bunch of unprotected sex with men uh, in bathhouses and truck stops and port bathrooms and stuff like that, you're going to get monkeypox. You're going to get AIDS. You're going to get hepatitis B, hepatitis C. You're going to get something, and you will no longer be able to have a bunch of unprotected sex with men in that way. That's chastity. It's forced chastity. God didn't set up in a cloud and do that to you. Yeah. It's just your, it's it's just built into the system. Yes. Yes. Yes, and, and, and the last comment, you know, we're not drawn away by God. We're drawn away by our own lusts and desires. That's it. That's it. Oh, I, I, love the, I love the correlation between Genesis 4 and James 1. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Good God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Lust, when it conceives, brings forth sin. Sin, when it's finished brings forth death. That's that's what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. That's a higher fidelity 
that that that's that's it expands upon Genesis four. You know, our desires have to conceive with something. What is it with with what shall our desires conceive? Action. Yeah. The progeny of action, copulating with desire, is sin. And yeah. the only thing that can come forth of sin when it's mature is death. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good stuff, man. Yes, right, you ready for this sure next is. one? This yeah. next one's yeah, go ahead. short. And it's a little bit humorous. I ain't going to lie to you. Michael Knowles has got an interesting way of saying stuff. Well, do you know what the leading cause of death for pregnant people is? Pregnant people? <laughs> yeah, pregnant people. Pregnant people. Now, <laughs> this is not so much, I guess, a, a, a contemporary argument for abortion. I do want people to, I, 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 wanna, I want you to see this because I want you to see how these people think. And, and this is, y'all. I, 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 people get mad at me when I say this. This is your Democratic Party. This is your Democratic Party. This is the people on the left side of the political aisle promising you this is what you're going to get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mothers? Women? If you'd like to call them mothers, not all of them are mothers, but if you'd like to call them that. What are they if they're um, not mothers? They're pregnant people. What, what people other than mothers are pregnant? Does it bother you to use inclusive language? Well, it's just I, interesting. I, I prefer to use precise language. It's interesting because you <laughs> came to this conversation, you know, trying to hold this moral superiority. But then I when I, <laughs> I try to be moral when I can, but I. Right. But when I use inclusive language, which it only takes a couple extra syllables to use inclusive language. To include, and who? To include people who don't, you know, identify as women. But she couldn't say it. She, she, she stumbled. Yeah. Can become pregnant. So, like a person who's born a woman and then identifies as a man mm -hmm. and is pregnant. Yeah. So you're telling me that in order to be a moral person, I need to accept <laughs> the idea that a man, someone who is born a man and looks like a man, can really become a woman. That's, that's a, a prerequisite of my being a moral person. <laughs> yeah. That last yep. guy, that was Officer Tatum. I highly suggest... If you want to put your if you want to have your finger on the pulse of our society today, from a very interesting perspective, go look up Officer Tatum on YouTube. Wonderful stuff. Anyway, what do you? <laughs> I like. So, how in you order for me that. to be a moral pregnant people? person, person, right. yeah, pregnant people, yeah, in order for I me have to, to be accept moral, your idea that a man. A man born a man can become a woman and have a child. Yeah, well, or just can, can become person. a woman. Yeah. yeah, can become a woman. Yeah, just period. Or or a, or a person who is or is a woman can become a man and still have a child. Right. So again, that that's it. That's what you're dealing with, folks. That's what the yeah, church what, is facing. Yeah, that's what the, this is and, about. And, they, they throw it back in your face. Is this is a moral issue, and you're not being yes. moral because you don't accept this. It's just That's it. evil, you know, woe to those that call evil good and good evil, put light for darkness and darkness for light. I mean, really? I know it. It's and he, and here's the problem. Here's why we've gotten so far down this road. Because we are not strong enough to just simply point to them and say they're evil. 
Yeah. That woman is evil. Everybody who thinks like her is evil. Mm-hmm. If you agree with her, you're evil, period. Yep. What's the deal, Pickle? They they can't argue that way. Like her whole argument is that continues. It's just gonna just gonna crash down <laughs> like a like a mountainside, just like a mountainside of snow. Oh, you know, it's not, yeah, just, yeah, avalanche is the word I'm looking for. It's just it's not, it can't, it, of snow. <laughs> mountainside of snow's gonna fall mm. on them, boy. But it's it just, it can't, cannot stand under scrutiny. She just no. got into, she just got in, she's standing in poop right now. She's in a position where she's trying to call someone who's seeking to be moral by, by absolute standards of morality with her on. Well, if you, if you identify this way, if you, you don't identify that way. Well, I identify as this. I identify as a murderer. So is that okay if I murder? And you oh, know, I mean, it's just ridiculous. So I, I'm watching this whole debate with this woman. Uh, she talked about how you identify and how important it is. And Michael Knowles was like, well, I identify as a person who is correct. Why will you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why will you not acknowledge my identity? And she says, well, I don't believe you actually identify that way. She said, he said, oh, I, I can, I can, I most assuredly, I do. I promise. <laughs> yeah. 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 They want you to accept what they say. No other if, and, ors, or buts. That's, I mean, yep. that's the thing. And if you don't, you are ostracized from the public square and you cannot speak. That is why it has been, it's so important that Elon Musk bought Twitter. People don't understand how powerful that is, Aaron. Yeah. And people don't understand how powerful it is for the cause of Christ. It's very possible that God worked in in, provi- in providential ways. Yeah. Oh, I got. I, I, it's it's yeah. not what the show is about. I got to be done with I that. Know. It's certainly very possible. I mean, that God God works in ways we don't have our finger on the pulse. He providentially works. It's incredible. The conclusion of the matter, Christians have a responsibility to teach the lost. People make decisions based on their own understanding. To better know, or excuse me, the better you know, the better you do. Faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. My wife has said this countless times. She's a therapist. She says, people do the absolute best that they can. The way you know this was true, the way you know this is true, is because if people could do better, they would be doing better. Yeah. That 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 homeless guy living in a cardboard box under the overpass is doing the absolute best that he can. Because if he could do any better, he would not be there. That means it's our job to teach people. I'm not saying we got to go in the overpass and get everybody in the. But whenever we whenever we meet people, and, and that's why I, I like the attitude of the first guy we listen to. Oh, I'm so glad she went to the Bible. I really appreciate. You. God bless you, my man. I, I need to be yeah. more like that. I need not to be so abrasive and blunt. I'm a work in progress. This girl that, that had that uh, Numbers Chapter 5 argument, that's the absolute best she can do. Yeah. So we got to teach her. Yeah. We cannot teach her if when we disagree with her, we are ostracized and segregated from the public square, excised from the public square. Yeah. Which is why it's important that Elon Musk bought Twitter. All right. You got anything else before we go to this last one? No. No, go ahead. No, it's good stuff. This last one is really, really short. 
and it contains an argument, Aaron, that I've never thought of. You got my pen ready. Go like, ahead. <laughs> wow. It's a good argument. The argument goes like this. You can't truly be pro-life, and you haven't proven your pro-life convictions unless you're caring for all of the children not aborted. So I have to I have to somehow prove my moral position through more than standing against the killing of the babies in the womb, but through the adopting, the raising, or the financing of children already born. So you you've heard that argument from pro-abortionist. Yep. So like all you people yep. who are who are uh, pro-life, who are anti-abortion, you're you're you only care about babies and as long as they're in the womb. Once they're born, you just let them rot. Like, well, that's yep. not true. I don't see you taking them into your house, you know? Yeah. So I just kind of observed the Passover on that. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, well, look, you know, that, that's a, that's a judgmental statement. You know, I don't, I don't have to, uh, I don't, I don't have to adopt a bunch of babies. Um, just, just so I can stand against the killing of those babies. Right. But he, again, he takes the, he, he, he does this brilliantly. He makes a brilliant point that I've never thought of. And it, it, it's the, it's the same, the same type of argument, but in its converse. If that's true, then I say, then you pro-abortion advocate, you cannot show the true courage of your pro-abortion convictions unless you're willing to abort the children. Very interesting response. They go, uh, because let me tell you something. Most people, after they start ripping arms and legs off, they're done. They're done with that industry. And by the way, yeah. this is why many, uh, especially more conservative states, guess what? They have a really hard time finding enough surgical abortionists because a lot of people don't want to do that work, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. That's good stuff. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. <clears throat> I like that. With, uh, yeah, I think we got this right now. Okay. Yeah, so so that's the thing. Well, you you can't really be pro-life unless you're willing to take care of all the the babies who were born. Well, then you can't be pro-abortion unless you're willing to kill all the babies. Exactly. Like I I don't I don't that's that's a it's a foolish it's a foolish argument is what it is. Yep. Yep. That's so, good. Anyway. I like that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, but that's yeah, if I, I wish I, I wish I had more to comment. Really. I know I don't really have anything. I was just jotting down a couple of words. Like that's, I mean, if you're truly pro-abortion, then to prove that, you must be willing to kill the babies yourself. <laughs> that's it. And and the thing about it is, like he said, it, it's it gets getting harder and harder, especially in conservative states in the United States, to find people that are willing to do this because they know medical professionals know what's going on, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. They know what this is. They they know when they stick that needle up into the or into the womb, they see the baby try to get away from it. Google yep. the silent scream. Ugh. And it's these babies that are screaming in terror as they're Ugh. being ripped to shreds. <sighs> and it's not an issue of whether or not it's a life. It's an issue of whether or not that life is more important than your convenience. Exactly. I'm going to kill yes. this child. Why? Because I can't afford it. 
Do you realize I wouldn't so much as talk about a dog in that way? In, they, in fact, whenever we... And a lot of abortionists would not. They no. would not talk that way about dogs. They speak highly of their best friends. That's it. And Man's and going to um and going to uh Canada, you know, I've got Maslow, my dog. He's a Catahoula leopard dog, Airedale Terrier cross. High energy, high prey drive, big dog, and we moved to one of the great cities in 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 North America. We moved to Toronto. 6 million people in the greater Toronto area. He's not designed for that. And for a moment, I thought about rehoming him. That gave me pause. And there would be people on the left that are pro-abortionist that would say even going so far as to rehome him would be a moral transgression because I made a commitment when I got him. Yep. Right. And you're now going think back about if that. I do what, and you're going back on that. That and I'm going back. Yes, so you're going back. Be an immoral that. choice on your part, according to them. Now think about if I would have put it on Facebook, like, oh, I'm just having a sad day because I had to. I had to put my dog Maslow down. We carried him to the vet and we had him put to sleep. Oh no! Why was he sick? Well, no, no. Uh, did he? Did he turn? Did he turn mean? Did he bite somebody? No, no. Well, why did you have him put to sleep? Well, because we're moving to Canada, and he was just more trouble than he was than he was worth. It, just it, didn't I have the money because dog food's yeah. more expensive in Canada. And, yeah, you know. Yeah, dude, I, I would have been excoriated. Oh. I would oh, have yeah. been. Yeah, it would have been bad. Yep. Anyway, you could have given him to me. Sir, somebody right. would have said that you could have gave Maslow to me. I, I, like, like that's what we're saying about babies that are being murdered. Yeah. Like, you could have gave that baby to somebody else. Yeah. We're somebody not, else we're not wanting that baby. We're not wanting to make women be, we're not wanting to, to make them be mothers against their will. We just say you can't kill the baby. Yeah. You can't kill the baby if it's one, one day's old in the womb or it's one day's old out of the womb. Yeah. Can't do it. For the people who made a choice to have sexual relations, they, they had a decision. They could have stopped that. They could have prevented becoming pregnant. For those who are unfortunately raped, there are other things that can be done for that baby besides well, killing the baby. And there's help that mothers mm, like that need. I know. Mm. And let's talk about the, the egregious nature of rape. That, that's one of the reasons why it makes it so bad. Because if you get raped, it's not, a, it's not something that affects you just in the moment. It could yeah. result. Now, it's like a less than 1% chance. Yeah. But it could result in, in you having to carry a child and give birth to a child. And, and that, that's, like, that, that's terrible. I'm not denying that, how terrible that is. That literally is. looks like the person that raped you. In some mm. cases, sure. It could, that's, that's hard. That's it. But, but, but we don't combat that with another evil. We don't do evil that good may come. I think yep. Paul wrote that somewhere. Yep. couple sure comments. Did. Many of these dialogues have crept into the churches of Christ. Absolutely. That's why we have the show. 
And then Mark 16, 15, go into all the world. Now, Lamimi says, God even uses Satan to carry out his plans also, question mark. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God to those who were called according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28. Yeah, um, I don't know if I would get that. I believe your your statement is correct in the first line. God, God can even use Satan to carry out his plans. Uh, Satan is subject to God. We see that in the book of Job. There, there, think there are restrictions. Satan, Satan, God places on Satan, and God can use evil people influenced by Satan to carry out his plans. That is evident in the in the scheme of redemption. I don't know if that's what eight eight twenty eight in Romans teaches, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, good good comment there. I just my 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 Bible teacher side had to. I felt the need to. To give that caveat, what do you think, Aaron? Yeah, yes, yeah. I think both statements are true, but I'm not. I don't. I'm not thinking that that Romans eight twenty eight is the main idea of what you know. I don't. I don't know that that yeah. verse is what that God is. Paul's trying to emphasize that God uses Satan to carry out his plans, like through that yeah. verse. I, I th- yeah, I th- more, I think, more so along think- the lines that God takes care of and provides for those that love him and yeah and you know whatever you experience can is going to work for good in the long run yeah is the idea anyway but good stuff all right deborah o'neill says it's not just a life it's a life that knows the fear of being hurt just like the rest of us and that's that's absolutely true that little baby like i said look up the silent scream and American has turned America has uh, turned into a heathen nation. Yeah, and and like I said, it 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 happened way back. Well, I, I can't. I think it was David that put this. A lot of our problems started with contraception. Whenever we changed sex from its intended purpose mm-hmm. to something just for carnal pleasure yeah he had previously said i think what has led to all this we have today was the introduction of contraception it was a downhill spiral absolutely it may have been going downhill anyway i'm not you know sure. just but yeah. but that certainly didn't help so with the advent of contraception yes with the advent of contraception with the advent of no fault divorces with the advent of the sexual revolution, with the advent of feminism that tells women that you can go out and be promiscuous just like a man and it doesn't, and it affects you. It doesn't, it, ah, it affects you to the same degree and in the same way that it affects a man, which incidentally is not much. Being promiscuous doesn't affect a man very, very negatively as far as the world is concerned. But being a woman, there is very high stakes and being promiscuous, and it devalues you greatly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Lamini says, I'm referring to whatever happens, whether good or evil, requires God's approval and is all for his glory. Um, I, I do not believe that whatever happens requires God's approval because so I- many things happen that are contrary to God's will. Yeah, thank you for clearing, clarifying that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. yeah. Um, my my dad, um, 
my my dad had this view. Every single thing that happened ultimately was approved by God because God is in control of all things. That's a Calvinistic idea. Um, if I go out and I murder 27 people, we are, okay, allowing it, very good question, doesn't he allow it? The answer is absolutely yes. But giving me free will and allowing me to act as a free moral agent doesn't mean he approves of what I do. And it doesn't mean it's to his glory, because I could go out and murder 27 people. That doesn't mean God approves it, and it doesn't mean God, well, actually, God really didn't, yeah, I guess you could say God allowed it passively in that he didn't actively stop me. Right. But, but he doesn't approve of it, and he doesn't, and it's not to his glory, because the, the murder of 27 people is wrong. It, it's something God hates. I've taken innocent life for uh, Proverbs chapter six. Now, um, he can use that for good. You are absolutely correct. So if I murder a Christian, where's that Christian going to be? Well, he's going to be in paradise. So all things work to good, even the murder of that Christian. So yeah, uh, you're, you're not wrong with, with that scripture. And I think that is the scripture to, to go at eight twenty eight. Has somebody murdered you and your family? Were you a Christian? Well, all things work together for good. You know, but that doesn't yeah. mean God approved it. Approves. That, yeah. <clears throat> our saying the word approved like that makes me think of the passage we mentioned a moment ago earlier. Habakkuk one thirteen: you are of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot yeah. look on wickedness. Well, we know good and well that God sees the wickedness in the world and he hates Absolutely. it. According to Psalm nine, is it 17? Maybe I may be off there, but in the Psalms, you know, God hates the wicked, their actions, but yeah, he's, and he sees that he sees it. He does look on it, but he doesn't look on it with approval. Right. He looks on it with disdain. He looks at it like Genesis six with grief, you know, Oh, that's it. With yeah. sorrow. When God sees sin, he hates it. He hates that it happens. Well, and, and I think the way, the way Obadiah handles that is he describes the anger of God building up. And mm -hmm. the imagery and the, the mental imagery is like a bull in a pasture seeing, well, I know that's an old wives' tale, seeing red, but, you know, snorting and building up and pawing it to dirt, and he's just working himself up. And the more he sees, the angrier he gets. And eventually... He's going to turn to his son and say, go get my people. It's time. Yeah. And, and that is the ultimate fulfillment, in my opinion, of Romans 8, 28. Yep. You know, when, when God is so angry, he says, go get my people. It's time. It don't matter yep. what you're going through. Yep. Well, uh, you, hey, that makes me think of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. It is a righteous thing with God. It's manifest evidence to give relief to repay with tribulation those that trouble God's people. You bet. You know, and he's going to give rest to those that have been troubled when? When Jesus comes, when he's revealed in flaming fire with his angels, taking vengeance. Taking vengeance. God, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done with seeing my people suffer like this, etc. Uh, yeah. Time's up. Time to ante up. I mean, it's that's going it. to happen. It's a terrifying and thought to the person that's not in Christ. Most you better terrifying. believe it. 
yet it's not going to work together for good for those who have not been called according to his purpose. Right, who have not loved God and been called yes. according to his purpose. Yes. Because they did not obey the gospel, Second Thessalonians 1. That's it. That's it. Mm. Good stuff. Thank you so much, Lamimi, for that for this good conversation towards the end. I really appreciate it, and I hope yeah. I wasn't too abrupt. I'm thinking about the guy in the beginning, uh, how he treated that woman who is obviously hostile to yeah. anything pure and holy. He says, yeah. I just appreciate her so greatly for going to the Bible. Like, dude, you know, uh, again, so I hope I haven't been hostile, hostile, but too abrasive or anything like that. I really enjoy the conversation. I really oh, enjoy that, that comment too. and the fact yeah, that we talk about it. I think that, and I'm not trying to open it up more and more, but I do. I definitely believe that the case can be made that God is indirectly responsible for evil, but He is not directly responsible for evil. He He has created a a system wherein He allows evil to exist. Obviously, the angels, some of them, chose evil. They made it. God didn't make them choose it. He did not That's approve it. of them choosing it. And that went from the angels that fell to Adam and Eve falling by choice, not because God approved it or checked a box and said, that's what I want to happen. You know, that's yeah. Calvinism. Like this had to happen so that no, no. Yeah, God that's knew it. it would happen, but they made a choice, their own free will. So that's the argument that can be made that God indirectly is responsible for evil existing. By free, yeah. free will, but he didn't directly cause it to happen. It happens from no. the passage that was mentioned before with James one, when we are enticed and we act on it, you know, of our own desires. We are, we, we are, we, uh, well, James one, don't let anyone say <laughs> when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God. Uh, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own uh, desires and enticed. That means you have a desire and you have the opportunity to fulfill it. And you do, you act. That's it. <laughs> That's not God. That's us. No. You know, and that's the same with the angels that fell in the beginning and Adam and Eve in the very beginning. Uh, so I think that needs to be considered. God, you know, it is true that God is indirectly responsible, you know, but not directly responsible. Right. And he doesn't well, guys, approve of these things. I think it's the end on. We're about 18 minutes over yeah. uh, the yeah. hour mark. And uh, I, I really appreciate everybody. We've had a good attendance of the show this morning. Please be the algorithm for us. Share, share, share. This sound, this sound, this audio is going to be uploaded to Podbean, Apple Podcast, Spotify, TuneIn Radio. Go there, subscribe, and 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 help us build a help us build something there. Uh, go to Cogitations podcast. Go to Cogitations Facebook page. Like and follow. Go to Tuba Two Podcast page. Like and follow. Digital Bible Study. Like and follow and Digital Bible on, Study on YouTube. Uh, subscribe and hit the notification bell. And that's all I've got. Aaron, you got anything to close with? I usually share the show also on my Aaron J. Dodson uh, Evangelist and Bible Teacher Facebook page. So, you know, if you don't know me personally and you'd like to get to know me more or would like to follow the things that I do and that kind of thing, that's the page to do it on, Aaron J. Dodson uh, Bible Teacher evangelist and Bible teacher, kind of a long title there, but uh, it is what it is. And I've just stayed with it, but that's, that's my public page. Uh, and I share this show with that pretty much every week. If I don't, it's accidental, but I try to share the show. Uh, 
I've got a Podbean channel there too that others can check out the material that I put out on that. Good deal. Well, until next time, this has been Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson. I really appreciate everybody tuning in today. And this has been Christianity Now. And we'll catch y'all on the flip side.